Brought to you by North Memorial Health, where customers are treated like family. That means a big smile when you walk in the door and making sure your visit is as pleasant as possible. It's just like your family treats you. Find your healthy family at northmemorial.com slash family. Welcome to another episode of the Access Vikings podcast. We're coming to you from U.S. Bank Stadium after the Minnesota Vikings lost to the Kevin Stefanski's Cleveland Browns, 14-7. to A lot of the same themes came out of this loss as similar Vikings losses. The offensive line, running game, nowhere to be found. The offense, really nowhere to be found. 65 rushing yards, 7 points. And the Cleveland Browns just kind of ground the Vikings to a fine powder in the running game after that one. Um, I'm joined here by Ben Gessling, Lavelle E. Neal of the Star Tribune. Lavelle, you wrote about that offensive line. What stood out to you watching Miles Garrett and company get after? I'm going to remember, the thing I'm going to take away from this game is the drive. It was a thing of beauty. It was seven runs, seven passes, moved right down the field, 75 yards, touchdown. Even shook off a penalty. After that, it was a disaster because Cleveland decided to turn up the pressure and the Vikings had no answer for it. Um, uh, Rashad Hill had some help from Tyler Conklin, which ended up being a, more of a detriment than actually a help as Miles Gellers was able to break through like double teams to get pressure on, on Cousins, which was crazy. And then you had Javion Clowney on the other side. And while he didn't have a big day statistically, you know, Mike Zimmer, you know, after the game was talking about how you have to account for both those game records when you try to face uh, – you try to face Cleveland. And then when those guys, you get those guys uh, taken care of, and you got Malik Jackson, a defensive tackle who deflected two passes, had one hit, and I think he had two tackles as well. So um, it was just too much for this offensive line to handle, and now it's brought back to concerns that uh, how productive can this group be? Can they block for the offensive, for the running game? And more importantly, can they keep the pocket clean for Kirk Cousins? Because when it's not clean, he starts dancing. And bad things happen when he dances. Bad things happen. <laughs> I like that of, line. There's a lot you could uh, like say there. Bad things happen when Kirk Cousins dances. I like that line. It brings back the uh, touchdown dance where he's just, just like kind of like dad dance. wobbling side to side. Um, bad things were happening then even though they were scoring. Wasn't a whole lot of scoring going on here for the Vikings this time around, though, as Lavelle just broke down. Offensive line couldn't protect, uh, couldn't open up holes for the running game. Ben, I think the image that sticks in my mind is at the very end, or second to last series, just before their final attempt, they have a fourth and three. They're, they're, I think they were at the Browns' 33-yard line. They were knocking on the door. You got Dalvin Cook in the game, albeit hurt. And Garrett Bradbury gets driven back into Cousins' lap. Cousins gets sacked. Turnover on downs right there. And it's like when you need a play from your quarterback and O-line, your first-round center gets driven back into you. I mean, that was just, to me, kind of epitomized the day. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a reminder after all of the enthusiasm we saw them kind of derive from last week that when they are matched against a better front, they still have a lot of trouble matching up. And we saw them, they, they had a good day in Arizona, and I think that probably was as much of a reason for optimism as last week was, and they certainly, I think, felt that way, but... It tells you again that when you face teams with guys up front that you have to deal with, that you're going to lose a lot of these matchups. And uh, it came down to that, I think, in a lot of ways. I mean, we we thought this game could be decided on both lines of scrimmage. And the Browns have an advantage on both of those. And that really showed up, I think, especially throughout the second half today. I think that was why we ended up with the score that we got. You know, and here's the thing, too. Um, on the remaining schedule, they face the Chargers. They have a very good defensive front. The 49ers have a very good defensive front. 
I'm missing the third opponent there. But then they also have two games against the Bears. And the Bears front seven isn't shabby either. You know, they've got to fix this. I don't You're talking know. about November? Yes. The Ravens and the Packers are the other two. Yeah, so Ravens not easy. Yes. No. So, I mean, there's going to be issues here. They've got to get this fixed. They've got to figure out why Max Protect doesn't work. They've got to figure out if Christian Darasaw can get in a position to contribute. He was on the field for one play today, as you pointed out, the extra point try. Um, and where Rashad Hill should be and if Udo is good at right guard. I mean, the, there's a lot of things that to get fixed because – the. The offense is going to break down here because Cousins is not the type of that guy that can make plays with his feet. He can't move. He can't move the pocket for him. Um, it's got to be clean. And if it's not, there's problems. It does remind you that some of the stuff we saw in Arizona where he looks a little more mobile, that's that's just so fleeting with him, those moments. where Because I remember in Arizona he had the 29-yard run. He did make some plays with his feet where he found bot time. But you can't rely on that. That can't be a game plan of, hey, Kirk, just avoid them. you got to find a way to actually give this guy clean platforms to throw. And the play-action game, that resulted in his first interception of the season. He, he has a fake handoff, big play-action boot, tries to hit Adam Thielen deep, and that gets undercut by a backup Browns corner who was starting for their rookie who was injured and couldn't play in this game. So to me, it, was, it wasn't just the run game and Cook being banged up failing. As Lavelle, you talked about, it's also the fact that when that run game's not going, you're not getting much out of Kirk in that passing game. The, the one needs to set up the other, as coaches often talk about. Complimentary football? Is that what we're talking about here? <laughs> but Kirk's <laughs> not that guy, right, Ben? Like, we've never seen it. So I don't know how many times we can say it, but it seems a theme after Vikings losses is often how come Kirk couldn't overcome these other deficiencies in the offense. And to me, Kirk was the best quarterback out there. If only yeah, I would agree. Baker Mayfield was Horrendous. I don't see how you extend him to a massive contract right now. He's, he's too inconsistent. to rely. He had guys open. He, it, they should have scored 30, uh, 28 points at least today because he, he missed OBJ on a, on a goal route here, and OBJ had like four yards between him. I can't remember who the defensive back was. And Harrison Smith. It was Harry, yeah. And, it was a double move. And, and the pass was like it was, he didn't put enough air under it, and it came in too hot. And off it, the wrong shoulder, and too. Off the wrong shoulder. I mean, that's not the Baker Mayfield that deserves to have uh, commercials. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the the thing is, I think, I mean, Stefanski talked in the story that, that Mark Craig did this week after spending a few days in Cleveland about what he learned from Zimmer. I think one of the things you could learn from Zimmer, at least in terms of a cautionary tale, is you need to get the quarterback thing figured out. Whether whether it's you mess it up by tailoring, or tailoring yourself to a bad quarterback or you mess it up by never really finding that guy – it's tough to overcome that, and the Vikings have been able to do a lot of that. But yeah, it, it's today's another reminder of Cousins can only do so much, probably because of his own the way he plays and some of his own limitations. But I guess in the other sense of it, you probably would have had a lot of quarterbacks if they're getting pressured like that that would have had a lot of trouble. He's not going to be the guy that can create something out of nothing. But uh, yeah, that I mean, just a lot of things that went wrong and I, I think the point with Mayfield though is yeah if you decide that's your guy you're um, you're betting a lot that what we saw today is going to improve well the one thing that Zafanski um, has to watch out make sure he doesn't follow in the steps of McVeigh and uh, with the Rams because he kept speaking highly of golf even though golf had flaws that golf ended up getting big money from the Rams and they end up in the box with him and they ended up trading him anyway to the Lions. so if Stefanski uh, if he thinks that Baker's not the guy don't talk him up 
and look for a way to move him. Yeah, it, it probably it might help. I don't think Andrew Barry, the GM there, drafted Baker. No, so that's the big difference. You at least don't have to. Didn't pick him. Yeah, at least with um, Les Snead and in, in, in the Goff Rams situation, McVay had to talk up his GM's guy. Whereas here, Savansky doesn't have to do that. But Baker's played so much better than this before. Baker said after the game, I pride myself on being accurate. I don't know what the hell that was, <laughs> which is a great quote because you know, that's exactly what we were all saying while watching him airmail some of these passes. There was one, Ben, you said right as it happened, he, play action rollout, I think it was like a third down. He's got three options flooding to his right. And he, there were a couple guys open. He just misses them. One in the flat, one intermediate, one deep. Two of those options were open. And he just kind of dances around and then takes a hit for like a gain of no yards yeah. or something. Yeah, like that. I think he lost a yard in that play. And it was a combination of not being willing to get rid of the ball in rhythm, and then when he tried to do it, just not being able to hit his target. I mean that that game, they threw deep three times. Basically, they, they get the ball back with like six minutes left after the Cousins pick, and they have two series where you can go for the dagger at any point. And they tried. Though you could have argued the dagger might have been just keep running the ball like you had in the second half. Mayfield took three deep shots, missed them all, and then the the one to Beckham that we're talking about was the last of those three. That game probably should have been over sooner than it was, and uh, he certainly gave them plenty of chances to get back in it. So there's two things I wanted to ask you guys about. One, off of that, talking about Mayfield and the Browns' offense, how well or not well do you think the defense really played, considering some of the opportunities that were missed and the fact that really up until Kareem Hunt's 33-yard run on a third and 20, which is just one of the worst defensive plays you'll see uh, in the Vikings this year, um, before that they had done at least somewhat well holding those two guys down. to It was like three yards of carry. And it really had to be this kind of death by a thousand cuts, just grind it out kind of game where I think it was a nine-minute drive they capped with a touchdown in the second quarter. The 18-play drive, yeah. Yeah, they made it somewhat difficult on the Browns, at least at first. And then it just seemed to kind of – the floodgates seemed to kind of open on them. So defensively, Ben, what did you think about what they put out there today? Yeah, I mean, I thought they, they did some good things in terms of stopping the run for a lot of the first half. And they got enough pressure on Mayfield against a pretty good line. Now – Browns lost that left tackle. Jedrick Willis got carted off during the middle of the game. But I thought Everson Griffin was good again. I thought Daniel Hunter was good. I mean, that that tandem looks like what we've seen a lot in the past. And I thought, <coughs> excuse me, thought for a lot of it, Pierce and Tomlinson played fairly well. Now, Pierce leaves again with an elbow injury. We'll have to see how that shakes out. But I thought they did a lot of good things. The, the thing that's come up now three times in four weeks is getting scored on before the half. And... They did it on the long drive that we're talking about. Then they, of course, weren't able to um, do anything. They went three and out, and then they gave up a field goal after um, turning the ball back over. And then we had the goofy thing with the Sheldon Richardson calling a timeout because he thought there were 12 men on the field. So you, you give up 11 points in, I think it was a minute 19, and in a game where you score seven, that's your game right there. So giving up those kinds of points before halftime. And really, I mean, the Browns had the second half kickoff too. They had the chance to – to do more. So that has become a big problem. And I think that's, I mean, that's a lot of the, you got three losses by seven points or less giving up points before halftime is certain to become a, a big part of the reason why they're one and three. You know, I think they're, I think their run defense is okay. I just think most teams are going to have issues trying to stop this particular running game. When you have uh, Chubb and, and, um, and Kareem Hunt running at you. Um, and that line and line's the, really good. Yeah. And then, um, the first three opponents each had a 100-yard receiver against the Vikings. 
I'm guessing this is the first game that did not give up 100 yards to a single receiver. But they should have. So, so, so that's a concern going forward. What's going on where the receivers having big days against, against the Vikings? Is there a better quarterback away from that happening again today? Yeah, and Bashad Breeland is dealing with an illness. It's, that's a legitimate thing that did cause him to miss practice on Thursday of this week. But he was healthy, suited up for the game. Uh, Mike Zimmer and the Vikings used that as an excuse to say that's why he left the game. But if you go back and look at it, Breeland's last snap was a 21-yard completion to Higgins on, to convert a third and 10, in which Breeland was the closest defender yeah. to that pass. And then he got yanked for Cameron Dantzler. So to me, that looked like a performance pull. And maybe they thought, oh, he's sick, and that's why he's giving up a big play. But this is consistently happening. Somebody was sick. With, 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 <laughs> yes. with Bashad Breeland. This is consistently happening with him. And so that's a concern where if you're already having Dancer put in there, a guy whom the Vikings coaching staff has told you over and over, they don't really trust that much, at least at this point of his career. Um, they're still looking for that answer opposite Patrick Peterson. Um, ben, what did you make of Zimmer kind of basically, basically trying to put out there that, hey, this is still a good team. Even Kevin Stefanski told me so before the game. That was... It's an interesting way to go about it because Mike Zimmer, as we all know, is a Bill Parcells disciple. The truism that Bill Parcells is associated more with more than anything else is you are what your record says you are. And you can talk all you want about how you're close, but I wouldn't look this up after the game. They are the sixth team, I believe, since 2016 or so, just kind of looking at a snapshot of recent history, because this happens uh, somewhat. They've outscored opponents through four games, and they're one and three. They're the sixth team to do that. None of the previous five have made the playoffs. So at some point, it tells you if you're not winning close games, being close is not enough to validate you as a good team. In a league where all of these games come down to one or two possessions, you know, we've seen the stats for the first few weeks of the season. If you're not winning a lot of those games, you're not going to be able to say at the end of the season we're a good team because the record's going to say otherwise. Yeah, Lavelle, do you make anything of that where the Vikings are 1-3 and and Mike Zimmer would like to remind you that, hey, we still have chances. We're a good team. But as Ben said, when you lose three close games, it probably says more about you than the randomness of football. It also says that that we look at stats too much because I just (laughs) – I looked that stat up and uh, we look at those too much. I just – I thought I was really surprised by his demeanor after the game. I thought he'd be grumpier. I thought he'd be a little more crass, you know, maybe maybe more even more acerbic like he's he's been in the past. But it was almost like we're just that close. We're just that close away. And I wasn't prepared to see that side of Zimmer after a game Saturdays around here (laughs) when when they just coughed up just seven points at home uh, in front of these fans and then they're trying to say we're not that far away. So. I thought that was strange. It's like he's trying to uh, make sure things don't unravel even more on him. So uh, I don't know if that's damage control. I don't know if he just doesn't want to face reality right now. He just want to try to speak it into existence that they're a playoff caliber team, even though the record says they're not. So let's see how he let's see how he goes this week as he prepares for. Well, here's the thing: the slump buster's coming. You know, yeah, get right game is on the way. Just when things couldn't be any bit worse, here come the Detroit Lions. So so, so now he's going to be, you know, he's going to, he could be happy all week now and then go and beat the Lions because the Bears won today with, you know, Justin Fields to learn how to walk and chew gum at the same time. Um, So uh, he he got he has a chance of being two and three after next week and maybe he'll. 
maybe he's looking forward to that already. Then you do that. You went on the road. You're three and three. Now Carolina, that may be a tough opponent, but if you do that, you're three and three going to the bye week, and you could say, hey, everything's fine. Well, Mc- I, McCaffrey won't be back for that game, will he? Yeah, probably. I don't know. I mean, a hamstring it, it would seem like a, a tight turnaround, so possibly not. But yeah, I mean, the the, the post game comments to me were were one of two things. It was either for an audience of two that has now watched its team start one and three for the second straight year. And are they here? Are they at every game? Uh, they're they typically here. Yeah, I think they're at most games. But they were here. Was that this week or last week that they were in the house? They were During here for practice. Kevin Williams. I'm talking about. Yeah, they, oh, yeah, they were oh. here for Kevin Williams. Yes. Yeah. 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 Actually, they, I think they've been here both weeks now. We're talking about the owners, in case anybody hasn't figured that out. <laughs> uh, I think Mark and Ziggy Wolf have been here both home games. Yes, Mark and Ziggy Wolf is the audience of two I'm referring to, or it's for an audience of 53, saying trying to continue the message that he apparently gave to players in the locker room to say, "Don't bail on this thing because we're not that far away." And that, that mentality of, "Well." If we're not going to be that good, I'm going to start trying to get mine and, and make business decisions and, and all that kind of stuff. He might be trying to fight against a, a little bit of that too, especially for players that have now been through this twice in, in back-to-back years, these kind of slow starts. But A lot of guys on one-year deals. Yeah, a lot of guys on one-year deals. Yes, there, there's a lot of that. So it could be that too. Um, but, yeah, it, it was kind of an interesting tack because he basically said um, – I've been coaching 27 years. I know what good football looks like. I know what bad football looks like. Um, trust my judgment that this is a good team and don't believe what the numbers or your lying eyes tell you. So the Vikings avoid being in the NFC North cellar because the Det- aforementioned Detroit Lions are 0-4. Vikings 1-3, Bears 2-2. Two two. Packers seem to be on pace to go forward. And wait. They won. Yeah. They're 3-1. Oh, three three so they're 3-1. Yep. yep. So, yeah, one game separating every team. They should the be two and two. I can't believe they pulled that victory out of yeah. their rear ends. Yeah. Uh, was it last week when they drove down the field late? Golly. Quarterback difference right there. I mean, if, if, if Vikings fans or fans of any other team in the division are looking for a silver lining, it's that, uh, by all accounts, the, the quarterback difference the Packers have enjoyed for 30 years may not be there next year. Maybe the last dance is what you're saying? Yeah, I, I think it's a, a flawed comparison because the last dance was conducted by a team that wins championships, not loses NFC title games. But, I thought Brian uh, Gutekunst was uh, Jerry Krause. Uh, he, he did go with that. <laughs> it, uh, this parallel kind of breaks down. It, it really does. Uh, <laughs> you, you gotta, but they print you're t-shirts and, and everything. There's t-shirts about it and everything. Oh, it's fun when they come to town here in a few weeks. <laughs> we don't. We don't think this is the last time Kirk Cousins is going to be dancing for the Vikings in the backfield. We will talk to you guys next week after well, – watch, we'll set up the Lions game. They're coming into town to U.S. Bank Stadium noon next Sunday. Slump busters. Watch out for your kneecaps. As Lavelle called them. And watch out. Dan Campbell's looking to eat some kneecaps. Please check out all of our work at StarTribune.com. Maybe you should get off the podcast.